0: Hello, I'm Denny Somak, and this is The Rock Podcast. I'm a rock historian, producer, and best-selling author with thousands of interviews collected over the years. We just try and bring you the greatest stories and interviews as told by the artists themselves. On this episode, I'm very excited to welcome guitarist extraordinaire Grammy Award winner Eric Johnson to The Rock Podcast, and this is a brand-new interview. Now, full disclosure, I've known Eric for over 30 years. And in fact, I had a record label in the late 80s, early 90s called Cinema Records, distributed by Capital EMI. And I heard a tape that was circulating around and it absolutely blew me away. I found out that it was Eric Johnson and that he had recorded an album for Warner Brothers, but it had not sold very well. So Warner's dropped him. Their loss was my gain. I signed him to my label and he recorded an album titled "Avia Via Musicum. That album went double platinum, which means it sold over 2 million copies. And the track, Cliffs of Dover, won a Grammy for Best Rock Instrumental. So you're going to hear this recent conversation with Eric as he releases two new albums, The Book of Making and Yesterday Meets Today. Both were assembled during the lockdown When Eric went through his own archives and stumbled upon countless outtakes, demos, unfinished tracks, enough raw material to fill two albums, and it spans 25 years of ideas that's remained unfinished. At the end of the conversation, you can listen to an unreleased track that I dug out of my archives. More on that later. So here is Eric Johnson in Conversation. So you're ready to go? Sure, you bet. This is exciting. I've never really had the chance to sit down and uh, an interview all this time, oh, so I'm nice, excited. Dude.
1: Thank you for doing this.
0: First of all, um, you've been a very busy guy during the lockdown. You got two new albums coming out, and you just released a, a second set of um, of singles from them. Give me a little background. I know this is material that goes back what twenty some years. Yeah. So what do you start going through the archives and yeah. what made you decide to, to pick this, that, what were the,
1: well, stories? I just came home, um, in early 2020 when the lockdown happened and just, nobody was playing together. So I just went to the tape closet and started pulling stuff out and I found stuff that was completely finished. Some stuff that was barely started. Some halfway started just in all manner of, of, progression of you know uh, finished and and uh, just started pulling out stuff that i liked. some of it was on cassette and some of it was analog some of it was digital and um it, it, some of it didn't fidelity was was a little dicey but i we did our best to try to eq it and make it sound okay and then i cut about seven new tunes for the record as well what uh, what band did you use for uh For the new stuff? The new stuff was uh, predominantly Roscoe Beck and Tom Breckline, although there was one cut that Kevin Hall played drums on. Right. And uh, yeah.
0: Okay. So uh, I noticed some of the songs I recognize as I've seen you do them live over the years, like Sitting on Top of the World. I remember 25 years ago seeing you play that.
1: Yeah. Like at Town
0: Hall in New York, I saw
1: you. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh huh.
0: So, um, what well, made you decide to put that one on? Because that—that's a cover, obviously. There's a few well, covers I, on here.
1: Yeah, I had that. Um, I had that leftover. And there's actually a third record that's going to come out when you buy the, both records, and it's an outtake record. So there's a, there's a second version of "Sitting on Top of the World" on that. Yeah, talk
0: about that because
1: you you get that if you pre-order the record, you get exactly. a key or
0: something. Explain how that yeah. works.
1: On the 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 queue uh, the thing the, the the two records match up for the thing and, and then you get a free download of the third outtake record whose idea was that well I I had the outtake record I wasn't sure what to do with it and so Blue long had that idea to do that so um, it comes out
0: what in two weeks officially
1: yeah on the 29th I think yeah now
0: you're not going to get a chance to, uh, to tour until your treasure tour, correct? Which is next year,
1: right? Right.
0: So what are you going to do between now and then? You going to do any dates at all
1: locally, or? Well, I have. I'm doing an acoustic show um, next Thursday, uh, this Thursday actually, um, downtown at the State Theater. Right. Uh, and um, just been writing. I've been writing some. Uh, I got about six new acoustic pieces I've written, so I've just been working on that. I mean, how much stuff do you have in your vaults? Well, there's still more. And, you know, it's, I, guess, I guess I've always kind of recorded two records every time I record one record. And then I just decide yeah. what I want to put out and what I don't. And, and sometimes I think that decision is kind of filtered through my own subjective feelings and doesn't necessarily mean something's better or worse. But um, uh, so, yeah, there's still stuff in there.
0: Now, knowing your history, it it seems like uh, you worked on these records a little bit faster than you've worked on records in the past, even though a lot of it was already done. Has your uh, outlook on getting material done changed over the years?
1: Because I know you used to
0: take forever to do stuff. I don't mean that in a negative (laughs) way. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still try to spend time to make it where I think it's good. But um, I think there's a point of diminishing return where you can just go too far. And I'm kind of trying to learn that.
0: Is there any specific uh, meaning behind these titles, the
1: book of making? Oh, my friend Vince came up with the title the book of making. And I thought it was kind of interesting because it kind of uh, insinuates kind of scrapbook, but uh, or or, You know, a journal or whatever, you know, so it kind of shows something that was started, but maybe finished later or whatever. And then yesterday meets today. It was that that was one of the new tunes I recorded. And I just thought it kind of fit the premise of the record. You know, it meets uh, today's stuff with old stuff. Hmm. So
0: you mentioned Vince. Is that Vince Mariani? Yes. And he yeah. didn't he pass away recently?
1: He passed away a couple months ago. He had a major influence on you. Tell me about that. Big time, yeah. He co-wrote Desert Rose with me, and um, he wrote Lonely in the Night. And he he named a lot of my songs. Like he came up with the name Manhattan. He came up with Cliffs of Dover. Uh, came up with uh, a lot of the a lot of the trademark. He came up with that title, and he he came up with the font for Avi Musicom and. He wrote the liner notes for a couple of the records, and he's he was a very close friend of mine. It was sort of your mentor, would you say? I'd say so because um, I met him when I was thirteen, and um, he kind of really helped turn my life around. Yeah, now, he's a drummer, right? He is a uh, drummer, singer, uh, songwriter. So, it was uh, he was in your first band? Yeah, it was actually his band. It was called Mariani, and I played guitar in it when I was fifteen. Right. Yeah. You did one, They did one album officially, or was that a- we? We did one album that never came out. There was just a hundred promo records made, um, which show up on the internet every once in a while. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we played some. We played shows around Texas and stuff. So. um some of the
0: uh some of the other songs on here talk about some of the others your favorites on
1: either of these uh albums i I like uh soundtrack life i like that song um i think it's kind of pretty much kind of a trademark kind of what i do you know it's kind of sounds like what i do mostly and i like love will never say goodbye just because it's a little different you know for me tell me about move on over because uh that was,
0: I think, taken from a live recording originally. And you, Tell me it how was. that...
1: It was. a live Alien Love Child recording. Right. Yeah, that, was, that was one. I didn't even do anything to that, but put it out. That was complete. Even the mix. It was a rough mix that Richard Mullen did. And uh, I just put the song out.
0: For those that don't know, Richard Mullen has worked with you on many of your uh, other records. He also passed away a few years ago, correct?
1: Yes, yeah, and he, he worked uh, uh, on the first several Stevie Ray records and um, very instrumental in getting Stevie's thing going. He mixed uh, a lot of your live sound too, I remember. He mixed was... live sound and, uh, and uh, mixed uh, uh, Venus Isle. He did that record. He did a lot of the records. Actually, any, everything after Ivy Musicom, he mixed. For, uh, while he was alive
0: yeah. yeah amazing guy really yeah amazing Very guy talented. yeah so have you been uh yourself had a chance to see any shows i know there haven't been too many lately but anybody that you've seen or had a chance to go out and see
1: no i haven't really been to any um live shows recently
0: i know you get uh asked quite a bit to play on other people's records have
1: you done any anything any playing on anybody's because you can do that from anywhere right yeah i've done i've done a number of number of them that people just send me tracks and and i'll just play play a guitar track on it or whatever which has been kind of uh, fun to do okay is there anybody that you'd uh, like to work with that you haven't heard from yet geez i i love working with anybody um well they have to they have to be a great player for you to Oh
0: well, I, yeah, I, I, don't. I virtuosos always look for other virtuosos. I oh I mean.
1: well, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I, I like it all. I mean, I'm always a huge Stevie Wonder fan. I'd love right. to work with him. And uh,
0: I want to just go back here. Yesterday meets today. Is that more just by the title? Is that more older or they're they're both?
1: That's, that's a brand new tune. Oh, that's but, okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: So are are most of the stuff on that record oh, newer, oh,
1: newer stuff? Would, well, that th- that title track is a brand new tune. Um, right. Let's see. I'd have to the uh, 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 farewell for now, or uh, the until we meet again, or whatever the last the last track is. That's a brand new track. Uh, JVZ is a brand new track. Uh, Dorsey's takes a day off is a brand new track. Um, and the others might be older tracks, yeah. Okay,
0: so I know you mentioned the guys that you were working on, uh, on these tracks. Are there any one-off guests on any of these tracks?
1: Um, Ariel uh, sang on uh, the the Book of Making, on the the song To Be Alive.
0: Yeah, I saw her open
1: for you last time
0: I saw you. Yeah. Uh uh, She writes some of your lyrics.
1: Yeah, she wrote the lyrics to To Be Alive. She's good, and Mm -hmm. she she has
0: her own uh, thing, in addition, right? She performs, because uh, I saw her oh, open yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, She's, she does her own thing, yeah. How are things in Austin?
1: Oh, hot, <laughs> very hot. It's over 100 degrees every day. <laughs> yeah,
0: and it's amazing. I mean, the, the city's becoming so big population-wise uh-huh. and industry 100%. moving in. You've yeah. noticed the changes over the years.
1: It's, oh, it's-, it's just unbelievable. It's not even the same same place that it was, no. Have you been here recently? I have not
0: been there in maybe 10, 15 years, okay. but I was, you know, there plenty of times before that, but I just keep reading and yeah. seeing people talk about it. And it's just, yeah. uh, just amazing. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So I, am probably not going to get a chance to see it till you come back to Florida. Cause that's where I'm
1: living now. Oh, you live in Florida. Okay.
0: Yeah. Right outside of Fort Lauderdale. So I'll, I'll see you at the oh. Fort Lauderdale show.
1: How do you like it? I love it. Okay.
0: I love it. It's, uh, I mean, better than Philadelphia right now. That's for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. When's the last time you pl- you were, I know this is obviously pre-lockdown, but when's the last time you played over in Europe or
1: played over in Japan? Oh, it's been over 10 years, actually. It's been a long time. So are you looking to get back there? Yeah, actually, Europe, maybe not quite 10 years, but um, yeah, Japan, it has been. Yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, that'd be nice.
0: Okay. Now, tell me about these, uh, these mini lessons that you released. What's uh-huh. the story behind that? And you, you're looking for well, people to download it and make a donation. You want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was during COVID. I was just trying to think of something I could do to, to maybe help people's technique a little bit and, and maybe get them to, to uh, donate money to the food bank. How's know? that going so far? Oh, it was good. It went real well during all the COVID thing. I think they're still up now so people can still see them. Yeah, but, they can. Yeah, I was, I was doing them all through the pandemic.
0: Yeah. Now you can, you can go to them and you, you can uh, buy them individually, correct? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that ought to do real well for you. I mean, if, if people, I'm sure there's some people that don't know. I mean, you have track record of uh, the best selling instructional videos of all time.
1: They did. They did pretty well. Yeah, they did. Are all your uh, original instructional videos still in print? Um, you know, I think the first two aren't, but um, I haven't seen them lately. They they came out so long ago on VHS, right? So <laughs> I <don't> have <laughs> the if, VHS. Yeah, I don't know if they're still available or not. But I think I think there are ways people can get them. I think that they might be downloadable. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Now I know you've done um, live concerts. Uh, you know Austin City Limits. What? How many times have you done that? More than anybody, I think. I right? Think, I think four times. Any plans to to do any other um, any of those or any other
1: television things? Uh, well, we're talking about maybe doing a, 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 a do a video show of an acoustic set, but I haven't got formulated it quite yet. But yeah. well, Would you? Knowing. Would you like to do that in Austin or? Probably, yeah, do some studio with live guests and stuff.
0: Yeah. Okay, now I notice also, uh, you're on the cover of the new guitar player. It's the uh,
1: what, 25th anniversary of G3. How did that originally come about? Uh, Joe called and asked if we wanted to do this uh, thing with the three of us, and that was you know 25 years ago. And we did, we did several tours together and it was real successful. And then they just wanted to commemorate the 25th anniversary. So they they had us uh, do do that article. And um, there's talk of maybe doing some shows in 2024. Wow, that would be something, huh? Yeah.
0: Tell me about uh, some of the, the guitars. I know you're, some of your guitars are available, commemorative. Uh.
2: Yeah. Tell me yeah. what's
0: happening with your
1: guitars, because you're the guitar guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's... there's uh, there's, uh, how many, there's, uh, I guess, uh, three, three models that are, the four models, actually, that are available with Fender. And um, the latest one is a replication of my original 54 Strat Virginia. And that's probably my favorite one that, that's being made. And I actually use one. I, I use one of the brand new ones. and I like it. Are those limited edition? They only available for well, a period use, of time? They, there's custom shop limited edition, or you can get the production version, whichever one you, you prefer. So let me ask you a silly
0: question, but what's it like when you go to the Fender uh, factory? Do they all go, wow, this is going to be great? Or do you go, oh, I can't believe I'm here.
1: Oh, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's huge. And there's so much going on. And I think they, they, They see people all the time, so it's no big deal. But um, it's pretty interesting to see uh, how that works. It's it's uh, and it's in different places. Um, The part of it's in Corona, part of it's in Hollywood, and um, it's it's kind of spread out a little bit. But it's pretty interesting. You ever go to the Martin Guitar Factory? I haven't. I'd love to tour it sometime because that's right near my hometown.
0: I've been there a number of times. Nazareth. Have you really?
1: Yeah. Uh, Wow.
0: Yeah, it's a really cool place. Everybody there has has worked there like for life. Oh wow.
1: That's <laughs> good. I'd love to see that.
0: Yeah, well you should. I think uh yeah, next time you play uh Philly or Harrisburg, you should be able to get a trip in there, a side trip.
1: Yeah, that would be that would be great. I'd love to do that.
0: So let me get this straight now. The um uh, the, the tour for next year starts what in March or February? I wasn't sure. February, I think. February. And you're going to be playing all the dates that you missed. You're making them all up. Yeah. And then you right added right. some, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, mostly theaters, some uh-huh. clubs. Yeah. Do you have yeah. any plans to, to play any, any concerts or multi-artist things? I know you, a couple of times you did the crossroads uh, thing.
1: Yeah. No plans right now, but I'd, I'd love to, if something comes up. Yeah. What, um, What'd you like
0: about doing the Crossroads Festivals?
1: Oh, it was, uh, it, it's cool. It, I, uh, I was um, glad to be there. I, I, I didn't really uh, get a chance to be involved in it too much, but but it was nice to be part of it.
0: Well, I'll tell you, J.Y., James Young from Styx, is a very good friend of mine, and he told me he was excited to see you. Oh, I don't remember which one it was, but I don't know if you remember meeting him. But uh, oh. he he loved seeing you. He was. I think some of the members of the Sticks live in Austin, don't they? That's possible. JY lives in Chicago, and I oh. think Tommy lives in LA, but I'm not sure. Oh, okay. So, um, some of your favorite guitar players, obviously, uh, Clapton, Beck. What do you think of some of the latest stuff they've been
1: doing? Oh, I think it's great. Beck just released a new record. It's pretty pretty amazing now if you don't mind I, i'd like to ask you because i
0: know that jeff beck was originally going to appear on was it venus isle yeah that, that didn't work out any chance that something could happen that may eventually come to
1: fruition oh i'd love to I'd, he'd be a, he'd be a, i'd be honored any any day for him to play on a song that'd be great who are some of your other favorite guitar players Oh, you know, from the past, John McLaughlin, Chet Atkins, Wes Montgomery, Hendrix. Um, I like Julian Lange. I think he's really cool. Bill Frizzell is really great. Uh, Ted Green, uh, Doyle Dykes. Right. Tommy Emmanuel.
0: Now you're, uh, I know from talking to various people over the years, and I'll mention them in a minute because I want to know what your take is, but uh, other guitar players, I've always uh, sang your praises. Uh, I'm friends with uh, Jeff Baxter.
1: He was an early supporter of yours, right? He was. Yeah, he really helped get things going. How did you first meet him? Um, I don't know. I think he heard some of my demo tapes and he called me up and asked me if I wanted to do a, a recording session in the studio. So we went out to L.A. and worked together. He's, he's out
0: doing a tour now because he has an album out finally. His oh, own, His own album just came out. and He, he was at the Iridium recently. He's just oh. doing sporadic dates around the place. Oh, how place. cool. So Steve Morris is another one of your big promoters. Yeah. Where, where did you run into him? Do you remember?
1: Well, I used to see him with the Dixie Dregs mm-hmm. um, back when Electromagnets were touring around. We kind of were running in the same circles. And I was just amazed at how great he was and how great the Dixie Dregs were. Yeah, he's still talking. I saw an interview with him
0: not too long ago
1: and he mentioned you again. He's always no, mentioning you. Not. But of
0: course, the big one is Prince. How did that come about? Because he helped you get know. the
1: deal at Warner Brothers, didn't he? Well, supposedly, but I don't know. I never talked to him or substantiated that, but that's what I'm told happened. Yeah. So you never met him? Never did. Amazing. But he
0: obviously heard or saw you somewhere. Well, that's what people say. I don't know. So let's get back to uh, a couple of things. I know um, I've never asked you this, and I, I sort of knew it, but I, I finally saw it somewhere where you feel that uh, Cliffs of Dover just came to you one day? Was it in a dream? Or, or?
1: Well, I just think that it was an easy song to write, and so I think it kind of just it fell into place really easily. I didn't have to, to strain real hard to write it. Um, it took a while to fill in all the little nuances of it, but basically the whole tune kind of came to me just very quickly. That came to you though, like it was the early eighties, right? It was
0: years yeah, before you was. got a chance to, what, what was holding you back from getting the final version? You
1: just weren't happy with it. Uh, well, we, we considered putting it on tones, but it was decided that, uh, the producer decided he didn't want to put it on. And, uh, uh, I guess we didn't get a good enough take of it or something.
0: Big mistake on his part.
1: <laughs> yeah. It might uh, but it all worked out, I guess.
0: Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. So in your free time that you have, and I know you're mostly you have a studio in your, your place. So um,
1: how much time do you spend in the studio just screwing around? Well, I was spending a lot of time, but lately I've been spending less time. I've yeah. been trying to just kind of kind of rebalance things and stuff. And and I'm kind of taking a break this year a little yeah. bit from it all. Well deserved break, I would imagine. I
0: hope so. Yeah. So you said you uh, already have some ideas for the next album. Have you started working on that, or is well, that going I to be have, another collection? I have a of-
1: bunch of new. I have a I have a handful of new acoustic pieces, and also have a, a handful of uh, songs I'm writing for like a straight up blues rock record. Really. I'd like to cut. Is that going to be all original stuff? Are you going to do some standards? I might do some standards, but mostly all original. Any uh, John Lee Hooker covers on there? No, but there's some, there's borrowing, (laughs) borrowing heavily from him. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever see him live? No. I wish I could have. Which blues players did you get a chance to see over the years? Did you get a chance to see any of Muddy, Muddy? Waters or I mean No, I saw um, Albert King and um uh, Albert Collins and of course BB King a bunch of times. I saw Freddie King a couple times.
0: All the Kings,
1: uh, right? You've seen all yeah, the Kings, Yeah. Yeah.
0: About uh I know a lot of people cite Freddie King. Oh what was, was, was it about his style? What was because I know Clapton talks
1: about yeah, you know, he just he was just so uh animated and so kind of free and and, and kind of he's had he has such his, his own style but it was so fiery and exploratory and he was amazing i got to meet him actually once yeah but i was just a young kid
0: and of course you know bb king you toured with i saw that tour that was that was great he was uh an ama- that was an amazing tour the two of you together yeah he he was wonderful such a such
1: a fine gentleman do you, ever, uh, do you ever see Buddy Guy? Oh, yeah, many times. I've yeah. played many shows with him. You play yeah. his place in Chicago? I have. a jam there and stuff, yeah. It, will that be not the next record, but the one after, if you do the blues thing? Um, it could be the next one. I, I guess I'm just going to keep writing these acoustic things and see how they go and kind of figure it out. So you're one of those,
0: uh,
1: uh, you know there's
0: a few but you're obviously one of those guitar guys and i noticed especially the shows that i've seen and you know even when i was in europe and and saw you there i mean so many guitar players come to your show when they get a chance
1: to talk to you what kinds of questions do they ask oh you know sometimes it's just visiting and stuff and i try to ask them what they're up to but uh Sometimes they want to know where I got my chord ideas from, which is, you know, kind of like Ted Green kind of stuff. That's where a lot lot of the ideas came from. So you don't keep it
0: a secret? You tell them?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I saw a recent list, uh,
0: Joe Bonamassa, 10 Uh, Greatest Guitar Players, and he had you as number two behind Eric
1: Clapton. Oh, my God. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't know that. That's really nice of him. He's a great player. Yeah? He's he's done great. And he's a good singer, too. Have you played with him at all? I have. I jammed with him several times.
0: Yeah. He's a real purist to some degree. Yeah. He Always doing, doing... I mean... He puts out so many albums and so many of them are great. He did that one album. You probably were a salute to the three Kings where he played covers of all the, Uh that was a, that was a pretty cool record. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. So so speaking of uh, records,
1: what's in your record collection? Oh, you know, just all sorts of stuff. Uh, You mean old. I know there's,
0: well, I know there's, West Montgomery records, and you know, yeah, what else is in there that some that obviously we'd all know, but what any really
1: obscure ones that you just go, I can't believe
0: this didn't get the kind of recognition that it should, but it's in my favorites.
1: Oh, there's uh, you know, there's a lot of Miles Davis records, and um, uh, uh, Chet, a lot of Chet Atkins records, there's George Jones, country singer, yeah, um, a lot of Stevie Wonder. Joni Mitchell, uh, James Taylor. I love James Taylor. Wow, yeah. So I've got I've got his records and um, yeah, um, Merle Travis. I like his his stuff. Um, Django Reinhardt, and then I have like um, Binny Goodman stuff and Glenn Miller. And I have um, I have some like show tune records like. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the King and I and South Pacific yeah. and stuff like that. Any Charlie Christian? Yeah. I have a solo flight record. Yeah. Right.
0: And, uh, some Les Paul, I would imagine. Oh yeah.
1: Got the Les Paul record.
0: Yeah. I remember you got the Les Paul award. I think it was at the hard rock in New York. I was there to see that. When,
1: oh yeah. When Les
0: Paul was around. That must've been exciting.
1: That was,
0: yeah. that was quite an honor. So, um, coming out of Austin, obviously, uh, you saw, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan.
1: Um, where's the first time you saw him or, or have you known him, had you known him for a long time? No, I met him when he first came down from Dallas and we met at Ray Henning's heart of Texas music store. Um, he had just, uh, quit playing with this band called Blackbird and, uh, had come down to Austin to start playing. I think, um, uh, just doing odds and ends stuff and eventually started playing with Paul Ray and the Cobras. Right. Yeah. How many, did you get to see him a, a number of times? Oh uh, yeah. Many times. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him around Austin a lot. Yeah. Didn't get a chance to, to play with him or did you? Yeah. Yeah. We played a little bit. And then uh, when he, when he started doing Stevie Ray double trouble thing, um, I played a number of uh, handful of shows with him. Did you ever see Johnny Winter? One time at the place called the Vulcan Gas Company. Oh, sure. Actually, I, I saw him another time, but uh, the very first time I saw him uh, when I was 13 or 14. And he was just, he wasn't really famous yet, but he was amazing. Yeah.
0: I know you uh, You also, you, you toured with him. He played, or you played on his, uh, Steve Miller, who people think is from San Francisco, but he's not. He's from Texas.
1: Right. yeah. Yeah. Have you seen him yeah, lately? Allen, I haven't talked to him lately. Yeah. But, uh, we played a lot of shows together. So
0: I guess you can't wait for this tour to start because I know you're, you live on playing live. I like it. Yeah. I'll just ask you a couple more things. Um, sure. so this record's coming out and you're going to hope, I hope you do a lot of press for it because people need to, to hear this. this. Some of the stuff on here is amazing
1: well thanks jenny yeah we've been doing a lot we've been doing a lot of stuff on it
0: now when you do uh what guitar magazines do you read i know you you, you know i know guitar player and then acoustic guitar but do you read them all or you no, don't have I don't. time
1: or what oh i i guess i have time i don't i guess i don't read a lot of them really i read the vintage guitar magazine every once in a while now, do you have a uh, an ultimate
0: guitar search? Are you looking for any particular instrument that you would like to no, add to the
1: EJ collection? No, not really. I think, I think it's just a matter of trying to learn to play better with what you have. Okay, so for the guitar freaks that are going to hear this, uh, how many guitars do you have? Uh, I got rid of a lot. So I would say maybe I have 20 to 25 or something. So when you get rid of a guitar, what does that mean? You give it to somebody, you auction it, you what sometimes do you trade I, it? What do you do? Some both. I, sometimes I've done all those. Um, usually just try. Uh, you know, if I'm not giving it to somebody or um, or doing it for a cause or something, I just try to sell it for basically what it's worth and not jack up the price or anything. You know. And
0: uh, has have people given you guitars over the years? They
1: have. Chad Atkins gave me a guitar. Wow, that must have blown you away. Yeah, it was nice. And uh, my father gave me a Martin. Right. And uh, uh, my friend Bill Maddox gave me an old Stratocaster. Um, yeah, I have, I have a number of guitars. that uh, My friend Gary Schiff gave me uh, a couple of guitars, actually.
0: How many do you take on tour with you? Usually four or five. Does it uh, de- depend or is it the same yeah, it four
1: depends. or five? Does, does it- well, usually two or three fenders and maybe a Gibson and then maybe a one acoustic.
0: Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that you'd, you'd be interested in this. I don't know if you had a chance to, if you even know about this, but a couple, a few months ago, one of the first shows I went to see because somebody invited me. I didn't even know it was happening was the kids of uh, Ginger Baker and... Uh, Nephew of Eric Clapton and son of Jack Bruce were out on tour. Wow. How the is kids that? of Cream. Wow. Was and they good? did, they, yeah, they did uh, Disraeli Gears in its entirety. Oh, my God. Uh, and then they, Will, 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 um, Will Johns, so I guess is Glenn Johns' nephew. So that was uh-huh. the connection to Clapton there, because his, I don't know, the guy was telling me the whole thing. But the show was very interesting, I'll tell you that. But uh-huh. there must have been the typical, if you know the history of cream, which I know you do, something must have happened because after a few dates, uh, Jack Bruce's son quit. Oh, really? Uh-huh. So the two of them carried on. Which, uh-huh. uh, and, and again, it was something between him and Ginger Baker's kid, which I guess extends that uh, legacy because that was always uh-huh. their problem. Yeah right. Oh geez. Yeah. I did because I did get a chance to interview Ginger Baker, and, and he always said he and Jack just—they just never got along. Never. Yeah,
1: that's, that's what I. That's what I hear. Yeah. Did true. you get a
0: chance to see any of the uh, Cream re- reunion dates when no, they did
1: not the, No, I didn't, didn't see any of them. No. saw some of it on you know at, uh, the recordings of it, but I, I didn't see
0: it live. Right. And I, I guess you, you have seen the the farewell, the original farewell. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. That was yeah. something. Yeah. Sure. Wow. I guess we're going to look forward to the, the new records coming out and you back on the road. Um, where can uh, I know you have a you have a very uh, healthy website. Who does your you have somebody that does that for you? Because it's yeah.
1: pretty uh, robust. A friend, friend named John Bland does it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And do you respond uh, to inquiries that you get there or family? Or some, some of them I do. Yeah. Well, look, I want to wish you a lot of luck because I, I think this is some of the best stuff you've done, even though it's, some of it's older. But whatever you did Thank to you. make it uh, magic, you did. I think you've got uh, you. two of the best things you, you've done in, in a while. You know, uh, And I know you're going to have a successful uh, tour, especially after this uh, lockdown. But um, I want to wish you a lot of luck. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. you
1: got it. My pleasure. Thank you.
0: You know, I'm a big fan.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks for all your help over all the years. I appreciate it. All right.
0: Well, good luck with the records. We'll see you on tour. Okay. And uh, thanks for everything. Oh, got it. Well, hopefully we'll see you. That's our conversation with Eric Johnson. As I mentioned, uh, Eric has released two new albums, The Book of Making, and Yesterday Meets Today. And when you order physical copies of The Book of Making, and Yesterday Meets Today, you'll receive the keys to unlocking access to Takeouts, five unreleased songs and alternate versions of Good to Me and Sitting on Top of the World. Simply scan the QR code included in your order and then access the secret Takeouts page by using the password provided in the album packaging. You go to ericjohnson.com and all the info is there. Now, in lieu of charging for these mini guitar lessons, Eric would appreciate very much a donation made to your local food bank. And I'm adding a bonus myself with this recording of the Star Spangled Banner by Eric Johnson. So thanks for listening. Tell your friends, especially if they are guitar players. And you can find us on Facebook and at the website therockpodcast.com. You can also send your comments to me at hello at therockpodcast.com. So long.